0: Music. Reviews. Chat. Poems. Comedy.
1: Writing. Interviews.
2: EFM. It's radio for so much more.
3: Hello and welcome to our radio show called The Red Kite. Um, for the last few weeks we've been talking about culture so we're going to go around the table and say our names and a bit about culture for us.
0: Um, Something about culture for me is that every year I go fishing in Singapore but you'll hear more about that later. And my name is Johan.
1: Hello, my name is Amos and I am white British, and I believe that fish and chips and tea are very important to British culture.
4: Hello, my name is Stephen, and I think that food in Chinese culture is very important, and I'm from China as well.
3: Hi, my name is Caitlin, and... Hello, my name is Caitlin, and I really like fish and chips. Hello, I'm Evan, and I think that... um, Yorkshire puddings are very important on a roast dinner. Hi, my name is Emily and I think that chicken is also very important for Christmas. Hi, I'm Charlie and I feel like some things just don't belong on pizza. (laughs) Hi, my name is Vera and for me, culture, it's uh, language and food. Um, so, um, a big part of Leeds culture is music, so we're going to listen to a classic from the Kaiser Chiefs, um, I Predicts a Riot. Get ready to listen. Scarborough, welcome to the beach. Scarborough for, I think, five years? Five or six years. Um, Then we moved to Leeds in 2006. And then... um,
5: So from the seaside to Seacroft. Yeah. So tell us what Scarborough, your memories are.
3: Um... I knew Scarborough was a very, very good place. Um, I saw a few people camping on the seaside. It's a bit first ones in the sea in the morning. But the sea always used to be cold. Like, when I was younger, I used to pull up my shorts if they were short. I used to pull them up to um, where I walked, and I could just walk in. And it went all the way up to the tip of my jeans, up um, tip of my joggers and it it felt weird. It felt weird knowing that I were a little taller than I used to be. Cause I was short as a kid, very short. It were very noisy. It's even noisier than it is here. Like now, um our kids would be running out of well, would have run out of school, gone straight to arcades. They literally ran home, got the pocket money and ran off. Like when I, we were a little younger and I I were there um, I met my old friend oh my god I missed I I missed him so much and I forgot he were even there so then um, then I met up with him he said oh get your pocket money we'll go to arcade for a bit mostly if you were there um, it would be fish and chips every day I usually always got the pizza from not fish and chips from another place it's mostly fish and chip shops there but if you went anywhere else you would just find other place another place another place there was a place that sold loads of junk food and I always used to ask my mum oh mum please can I go there I want to get some food you can wait until we get home fine I used to always stay there from the time we got there, around about 10, 11-ish, to 8 or 9. Um, Hello, and to, um, right now we're going to talk a bit more personal with our culture. Yeah, that's right. Um, we're going to talk about out island to South Africa. I'm back. So, Emily, can you tell us about your connections with Ireland? So, yeah, basically, my I got my Irish side from my mum. And the funny thing is, well, it's kind of funny and it's kind of a coincidence as well. Um, I was born the day before St. Patrick's Day, which is a, a holiday in Ireland and in North America. Where was your dad born exactly so um he bought- he was born um in Cape Town, which is in um south africa um and he went he moved to Ireland when he was about eight or nine um but also a story about um Cape Town is that he used to play football um but they all um, played without any shoes on, which is a bit interesting. Um, could you tell us about St. Patrick's Day and, like, what's it like? Um, Yes, I can, actually. So, the funny thing about how to, is, like, you know how the tra- traditional meal on St. Patrick's Day is, like, corned beef and cabbage? Oh, that's very interesting yes it is actually but it isn't actually irish and also the first st patrick's day a parade it wasn't actually in ireland oh where is it probably north america because that's where her, um st patrick's day actually first started oh. and then it ended too who who, in 1000th century, um, moved to Ireland. Oh, that's very interesting. Do you have any more? Um, yes, I have quite a few more. Oh, would you like to tell us? I'd be honest. So, basically, the, uh, uh, you know how the three-leaf clover, that is actually symbolic. Oh, and I think everyone knows that a uh, uh, very, very rare uh, four-leaf clover is actually very, very lucky. Oh, that's very good. Um, so, do you have any more, or is that it? Um, I don't actually know how many I should read um so we'll finish with a poem called down by the sally gardens which is a traditional irish poem
6: She passed the Sally Gardens with little snow white feet.
3: My name is Vera. My name is Caitlin and we're going to be talking about Polish pancakes because food is also part of our culture. What is so special about Polish pancakes? Firstly, they got a different shape of just normal pancakes. Secondly, they can be salty and sweet at the same time. What are Polish, p- Polish What are Polish? What are what are Polish pancakes call, called in Poland? They so I call it now less sneaky. How I discovered the famous Polish pancakes. At my friend's house, I had a sleepover and she made Polish pancakes. My mum cooked them for the very first time and she stuffed it with blueberries and cream on the top of it. So how I discovered the Polish pancakes. My grandma lived in Poland in city Kraków. When I've been on her house, we decided to to cook something special from Poland. So we uh, want to cook a Polish pancakes. It was nice because it was with sour cream and strawberries on top. Also, it's uh, been with jam. Um, what what do you like better, strawberries um, with sour cream or do you like jam with it? I more like jam I also when I try a uh, polish pancake second time at home, we cooked it with my mother and we bake uh, salmon inside um so my mum cooked Nella sneaky once um at home, and it was very good she she stuffed cream inside of it and It was really good. And now I need to tell you my fun story. So uh, I went back to my friend's house after a couple of weeks and we were making Polish pancake um, smoothies and we got a Polish pancake and shoved it in a blender with spinach and sugar and whipped cream. And that's how you make a Polish um, (laughs) pancake smoothie. (laughs) Was it nice? (laughs) Yeah, it was really nice. It, n- now now let's listen to the song <laughs>
7: Szafeczce mąkę mamy, no i olej też. Uhu! No i olej też. Uh-huh. Teraz te składniki w miejsce wymieszamy, a po chwili ciasto już gotowe jest. Uhu! Już gotowe jest. Uh-huh. Na Łyżką przekładamy uh-huh. Łyżką przekładamy uh-huh. I w patelie obracamy I kółeczko rozlewamy Podrzucamy, odwracamy I gotowe jest uh-huh. I gotowe jest uh-huh.
1: Welcome back to the show. We are now here with me, Amos, as well as Stephen and Johan for a trip around the world to Asia. So first, we're gonna go to Steven. Stephen, could you please tell us your story?
4: So hello, my name's Steven and my family actually comes from Guangzhou, China. So when I went there to visit them, I usually stay at my auntie's house or a hotel there. One time, when I went to my auntie's house to stay. Uh, The climate in China is a lot hotter than Britain and usually in the night lots of mosquitoes go and one time my grandma actually got bitten by a mosquito. Apart from that, I also go to a theme park in Guangzhou which is quite famous. It's very big. You could kind of imagine a Chinese version of Disneyland, where there's lots of mascots and big roller coasters.
1: With China, are there any particular smells or tastes or sights or sounds or anything like that, the five senses that you would associate with China?
4: Well, the smell in China is quite fresh, as there's lots of green spaces, but I would also associate China with its food, as there's lots of, uh, nice food there. My favourite food is actually chun fun. What's that? Which is flat noodles. You normally eat it with some meat or soy sauce.
1: And um, at the theme park, was there anything that you remember really sticking out to you, like sweets or anything
4: like that? Well, I do actually remember eating some soft sweets, some soft Chinese sweets. Uh, you could kind of make a comparison to Starburst or fudge.
1: Thank you. That's uh, really interesting. So, Johan, what's your story? Tell Uh, us about...
0: My story is that uh, every year we always go fishing and uh, this one particular year, uh, some incidents happened.
1: Well, for a start, tell us, where do you go fishing? What country?
0: Singapore. Uh, So, uh, we went to East Coast and... um, Uh, With the fishing rod, I hooked my brother's hand and he also cut himself on one of the fish fins.
1: How did you manage to hook your own brother's hand? How did you manage this?
0: Uh, He was trying to fix the wiring and I moved it and it just got stuck on his hand.
1: Uh, and similarly to what I asked Stephen, are there any sounds or smells or anything like that that you would associate with Singapore?
0: Sort of like street food being cooked. Uh, What's your
1: favourite Singaporean? Would that be the word Singaporean? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> well, what would be your favourite Singaporean food?
0: Uh, probably something called prata. It's like a f- sort of like pancake, but fried. And you can have like curry with it.
4: Oh, and now that you mentioned you went fishing, did you actually eat the fish?
0: Uh, yeah, and I had it with like uh, curry and rice.
1: I think it's brilliant that you two have these cultures all around the world. And for me, my best representation of culture is tea and fish and chips. Uh, So now johan can you please introduce the song that we're about to play
0: uh the next song is from a Singaporean band called plain sunset and the song is called 2014.
5: Well, folks, that's the end of another Red Kite episode. I'm Henry, the Broadcasting Worker here. In a moment, you're going to listen to a pre-recorded interview that the group did last week with um, Kaki Lang, who are a company based in London, but they represent South Asian and East Asian arts across the UK. They're currently touring a fascinating show called Home X, which is a... Strange combination of VR and live art and dance and audio, and it's touring at the moment, going to York Theatre Hall, among other places. So, you're going to hear that interview in a second. But before that, I think it's time we all say a big goodbye. Can we all give a big goodbye? Goodbye! Can, can we all say a big goodbye in a different language? Au revoir! Adios! Au revoir!
3: Um, au revoir. I don't know. Venos I notches. That means good evening. Sayonara! Sayonara.
5: Cool, Adios. let's have, let's Adios. listen Adios. to.
3: Adios.
1: So, the sort of project is called Kaki Lang, and why did you choose to name it that, and what does it translate to?
8: Yeah, that is, yeah, I'll, I'll take that one. Yeah, that is a great question. So, the name of our organization is called Kaki Lang. So, we are an organization based in London and we are an arts charity. And um, that means that we produce different arts projects. For example, this Homex project um, that we're touring across the UK and which is coming to York, for example. Um, And we've mostly produced projects focusing on East and Southeast Asian communities and artists from those communities. And so the um, term Khakilang is actually like a kind of sort of slang term, like quite a casual term um used by um Chinese speakers um yeah it's specifically from like a Hokkien dialect which is quite a traditional Chinese dialect and it means it's just a term that means like one of us so um it's something that you would say to like a friend or someone that you're like engaging with to have like a positive interaction with them and the reason why we named our company that is because we want to convey this notion of If you're interested in engaging with the arts and promoting diversity in the arts, then you're one of us. You know, we want to welcome you in. We want to spend time with you having great artistic experiences and um, hearing your thoughts. Yeah, thanks.
0: question is, what inspired you to start this?
8: Mm, That is a good question. I mean, Donald, do you want to talk about what inspired you to get involved? uh, Yeah, I mean, it's... uh,
5: So, the project was initially conceived by um, Ann Ting, uh, who's the director of Techland, and Ian Gallagher, uh, who is the senior technologist uh, of uh, HomeX, and myself. And the three of us, we kind of like worked on a lot of projects together. And uh, this came about during like the COVID period. And from that, from Ian's point of view, was trying to like find a way to produce art that could create theatre without the bounds, with the with, uh, you know, being proud to stay indoors. And Anting uh, kind of pulled all the aspects together to kind of integrate multiple disciplinary, disciplinary arts into a single space, a virtual space. And um, I came from being, since the fact that uh, I was both born, I was Chinese kind of descent, but I was born in the UK. And yeah. the whole kind of like ethos about mm-hmm. kind of um, opening up uh, kind of voices, um, of uh, you know this uh, being from both two types of cultures mm-hmm. and we kind of culminated all that into this world and so being able to take into aspects of all of our fields and all of our interests so it's uh, even the stories themselves are interlinked with each of us in how we had been affected by both you know what happened with covid our own personal cultural backgrounds and stuff like that
1: um, I have one. So this one's for Donald. What is your favourite piece that you've made? Uh, <laughs> um,
5: in terms of one of the things inside Homex.
8: Yeah, I think pick something in Homex.
5: Okay. Uh, I have to say, um, it's the temple. I would say yeah. the temple is uh, my favourite. The one specifically to, um, which is the um, it's based on the court by a temple in Hong Kong in the in the sort of like um, uh, new territories to the north. It's called a Shu Temple. And it was this, uh, it's this little uh, temple, which was for the kind of like water god. And there's inside, it's like at the very front of where my village is. And whenever the, it formed a very huge part of this project and the fact that it represented this um, uh, kind of point in time back in when, the early migration of, like, uh, my ancestors came down the Pil river and into Hong Kong, and then ultimately migrating to the UK. And every few years, they would go back to this area next to this large banyan next to the temple, and it was there that they would get, uh, congregate together as a community, both ones who had, you know, gone uh, left home and returned back. And this happens every year, and this kind of point in point is also within the scriptures to help kind of give that point in time where we had uh, kind of migrated and kind of uh, made a crossing to newer pastoral lands, I guess.
1: And um, is it like a painting or a printing or what is it? Uh,
5: I mean, the actual piece, a lot of my work in the actual homework space is also digitally painted. It's yeah. it's both painted and then uh, applied within like the actual assets. So. Um, I'm still applying quite traditional forms of like painting techniques into the into the whole digital world.
8: Yeah, because Donald as an artist, he's very multi-talented. So he does like, you know, drawing, like using sort of pen and paper and inks and things, but he will also do digital artwork where he creates sort of paintings or drawings just on the computer. And I think you've used like a mixture of those techniques for Homex. So for our Homex project, when you actually look at the, the, essentially the video game and the world, You see like the temple that Donald's just spoken about. You see the trees and the plants and you see like all these amazing animals and they look like paintings because Donald has actually initially used like some techniques of, you know, drawing and painting to create these really beautiful images. What made you want to do this? Mm, Yeah, it's a good question. I think kind of touching on what Donald said previously, I think, you know, for, um all of us in the um, organization um, and you know a lot of people that we work with, um, on a personal level, we have um, some form of East and Southeast Asian heritage. So um, my father is from Hong Kong, but like Donald, and my mother's from England. But like Donald, I was born and bred in the UK. Um, but I think through art projects like Homex and the other work that we do at Kakulang, we're really trying to explore like different um types of identity. So especially when, like, you know, in terms of your identity, it's not just a simple fact that you grew up in the UK and that you identify as British, but actually you've got this other cultural background. So, you know, I grew up eating all like different like Chinese foods and you know, with my family speaking Chinese and like using chopsticks and um, learning about all the different traditions of Chinese culture, of like respecting your ancestors, you know, when they have passed away and things like that. So all these things that are actually quite different to my cultural upbringing with my English family. And so I think projects like Home X are great because we are inspired by um, different notions of identity and home, both um, specific to like England and the UK, but also to places like Hong Kong. Um, and what it kind of yeah. really,
5: and what it kind of really reflects is that when you start to if you because a lot of the work is kind of uh, my work is inspired by a lot of mythologies, and um, mm-hmm. I always read into both East and western mythologies and in the end it kind of we always find out that there are very similarities in terms of those stories and motifs and symbols, mm-hmm. both in the west and the east. and so even though you know like we always say like you know we're neither here nor there. Yet, you know, ultimately, if we boil it down, we all, we all are the same people.
2: And,
5: yeah. Uh, and just no matter where problems. you're from. Uh, so, yeah. So uh, we're trying to always, uh, we're not always, we're not, we're not here to divide and say like, you know, from being one or the other. It's like, it's, uh, it's, it's the beauty of being from multiple backgrounds. Yeah. And, uh, hopefully that will help flourish at new ideas.
8: Exactly. And actually a really good example of that is in Homex is the dragon that Donald created. So. As you um, experience the HOMEX Ex performance um, in the virtual world, you encounter all of these different, um, like kind of mystical animals. And at one point there's a big dragon that appears and flies over the sky. And when you think about Chinese culture and English culture, um, in terms of histories and mythology, a dr- like the dragon as an animal is quite um, a key icon, but has different meanings in different contexts, but also similar meanings. That's quite a nice example. Mm. Um, where do you see yourself in 10 years time? Oh. <laughs> yeah, that's a good meaty question. It's a question <laughs> I ask myself and often don't have an answer to. Donald, do you answer? <laughs> uh, I mean, I don't know what's
5: happening in a few months beyond my
8: life. Um, yeah, or I even th- next week. <laughs> I, think, I, think,
5: I think it's always good to have a plan. So it gives mm. you an thing, but that should always be reassessed, and uh, you should have goals, but don't let those certain things define you too long, because mm. you never know what's going to happen. Just go with it, love.
8: Yeah, I think yeah, kind of to echo what Donald said. I think in life, yeah, it's great to have like goals and ambitions and ideas of like what you would like to achieve within a certain time frame, but being sort of flexible and adaptable because um, sometimes you know an opportunity may come along and um, that you're not expecting you think oh wow like this is amazing like I should definitely like take this step and embrace that and you know also sometimes things don't work out the way you expect so just trying to be adaptable and um, as like flexible as possible is great
5: 10 years is a long time you learn
8: from-
5: <laughs> yeah. I'm a lot smarter from 10 years ago yeah so if I apply my knowledge then to what I know now then it would be, uh, I had to be careful of how I would approach that, so yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh, I always say just take your time with bite-sized learning and uh, and progression uh, because 10 years of what you think you should be uh, might not necessarily uh, be more or less or the same, uh, just, uh, just take a bit Mm. What will the audience experience?
8: Yeah, that's a really good question because it is such a um, complex and interdisciplinary project. So, yeah, as you've just explained, Henry, like HomeX isn't a traditional theatre production. Um, but for example, in York, we will be showing it in the York Theatre Royal um, in one of their spaces. And so, when an audience walks in and they are experiencing the work live in person, they will see large-scale immersive projections of this incredible, beautiful world that Donald has built, um, consisting of different landscapes um, inspired by the landscapes of Hong Kong and the UK. So it has different trees with different fruits. They'll experience all these different animals, like the dragon that I just described and a big turtle. Um, and they will also um, see little avatars um, running around in the space, you know, shooting each other, doing like heart emojis at each other. And these little avatars are actually um, gamers that are playing online at that moment in time. They're playing the game online, so they're interacting with each other and they're exploring the world. And then physically in the theatre, you will also see a dancer. So you'll see Sai Rawlinson, who works at Kakalang, and he is a really fantastic hip hop dancer and break dancer. So he is playing one of the main characters in Home X um, representing um, like the UK side of the project. So he will physically be in a the theatre space wearing a VR headset and dancing and performing his part. Um, alongside our, U- uh, sorry, our Hong Kong based great um, dancer called Sunan, who will be again performing live using a VR headset, but in Hong Kong. So it's kind of amazing to connect these two dancers across that amount of distance. Yeah,
5: for the first time, or like kind of, it's very new sort of technology. So in a sense, not even using mocap, this is digitally uh, rendered by scanning the bodies of each of the performers. Transporting them, holoporting them into the space, the VR world, and you go in. You watch either in this in the theater as a you know yourself, or you uh, go into the world digitally as an avatar. And then you, what you see, they can also see you as well. And when <laughs> yeah. the dancers are kind of uh, kind of dance uh, uh, co- uh, creating the choreography between them, they they are able to see each other so this kind of mix between reality and non-reality kind of really kind of kind of, kind of a blur. Um, but yeah. It's, uh, yeah it's really it's been is what this project is because it is so different that there is not much precedent in this sort of like field because mm. it, it it really brings together a lot a lot of different uh Right. Yeah,
8: and also just one other element of this project that um, both like live audiences in the physical theatre space and digital audiences playing the game online will experience is the stories of the community participants. So this has been kind of my role in the project is like in all of our partner sites, so in York, in Oxford, in London, Cambridge and Hong Kong. We have worked with um, East and Southeast Asian participants, and also participants from other um, um, often underrepresented communities. Um, We have worked with them to hear and to capture their experiences and um, their their lived experiences of home and of roots and belonging. And so we've interviewed them, and at one point in the performance, um, people will get to See like avatars of these community participants, and to hear their different stories, describing um yeah their own personal experiences of home.
5: And this is all kind of encompassed by a live score by team yeah. who's composed <laughs> all the music. So whenever you're <laughs> inside the game, what you're listening to is playing live. So even if you were in digitally or if you went live space whatever you hear will be both a soprano color um from uh or call color from Stefano in Hong Kong, and Ting, and they're all playing together as the, as the, as they're dancing and, uh, yeah. and, yeah, singing, dancing, and then yeah. all with the music, all kind of put together into this exactly. one place. Hi. Stay Hi. Much. Oh Bye.